Welcome to the Supremely Intercontinental Puckcast, a podcast about fake little hockey guys. I'm your host, Ian Constable, GM of the Banff Rockies. No! On today's show, Kirk McRae, GM of the Kansas City Crunch, and I will discuss the upcoming SICHL Conference Finals, and later Sean Gallagher, GM of the St. Louis Spartans, popped by for a chat. Let's get started with Kirk McRae. This is a job for Captain Crunch. Crunch away! All right. I'd like to welcome to the show now Kirk McRae, GM of the Kansas City Crunch. Welcome, Kirk. How you doing? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Not too bad, all things considered. <laughs> yeah, it's a different time, that's for sure. All right. So we are going to be talking, of course, about the uh, conference finals that are coming up starting tomorrow or when this airs starting today when this airs um, and uh, being in the world conference uh, you ha- I thought you would have a very good view of, uh, of these two teams that are in the, the conference finals in the world so would yeah. you like to start us off with uh, the world conference preview right so we've got the Philadelphia Fire Ants uh, versus the Las Vegas Aces. And, you know, at the start of the season, um, I usually like to do a bit of a, you know, a rough analysis of where I think my team's going to fit, who are the top teams in my conference. I'm not really concerned about that other conference too much. <laughs> um, and to be perfectly honest, these guys were not, I, I think I had them both pegged as solidly playoff teams, but definitely. Um, at the bottom and I mean to be fair that is roughly where they they went in the regular season but mm-hmm. they they definitely know what they're doing in the playoffs uh, aces have three final appearances fire ants have four uh, these guys have have some experience um, and they both made some some good moves to uh, to stay competitive when you know clueless GMs like me are kind of writing them off so just to go over some of the, the moves that the Aces or the, the players that they've acquired, they got this year uh, John Klingberg, uh, Joel Edmondson, Patrick Marlowe, Jaden Schwartz, Cody Eakin, um, Derek Ryan. And, and then the one trade I really want to highlight here is, and this is something that I think Dustin is really good at, is he just keeps that, that engine going somehow. And he flipped Zuccarello for a first who was on an expiring contract and then got Brock Nelson for that same first, who is an RFA. So he's going to get about five years instead of one year. Yeah. I noticed that one. Much, yeah. Like they're around the same level of, of winger, I would say like, and uh, yeah, Brock Nelson is doing quite well for him right now. It's one of the reasons why he's, he's doing well. And on the fire end side, you've got Kadri coming in, Zajac, Koivu. And then of course he made, um, a bigger splash with Halak to give him two options in net. And you know how Norm loves to have options in net and it's <laughs> really paying off for him right now. So both of these guys, you know, made some key moves and both of them are doing well. Um, what else do I've got here? Yeah. Like neither one of those, like Halak for a couple of picks and he's still got another year on him. I think that was a great move too. Mm-hmm. Working out well for him. So when it comes down to how they're doing in the playoffs right now, you've, you've got to start by looking at Steven Stamkos. He's just tearing it up right now. Six goals, nine assists, 15 points. Um, when your top player, and we'll see see this as a similar uh, thing happening in the other conference, when your top player is um, on fire like that, like what else can you ask for? Um, Kuznetsov on the other end is definitely doing pulling his weight. And then you've got the big question mark, uh, Malkin, who's only got two goals in seven games. He's been injured a little bit, but like that's going to be the story: is is can Malkin make a difference? Uh, can he like two goals is not going to cut it uh, in seven games. He's got to he's got to step it up. Um, right. So uh, let's see here. Oh yeah. Uh, so we and then both of their goalies. Kemper and Halak, which we already mentioned Halak, both playing phenomenal. 941 and 943 save percentage. Um, 
I don't think Halak has lost a game yet, so that's got to be something that you keep on your radar. Um, but, yeah, both guys doing well. Uh, so when it comes down to my prediction, uh, initially I a little bit biased. You know, I, I wanted to believe that the Aces were going to be my team. Um, obviously, I don't like Norm getting more banners and having potentially more championships than me. Uh, but after doing this analysis, I, I have to go with the Ants. So I'm taking the Ants in seven. Um, they just look like everything's rolling for them. They've gone through quite a bit of adversity uh, with all those injuries. And, uh, yeah, that's what I got. All right. Okay, yeah, well, the Ants, I, I had to, after that first round, so the first round I picked against the Ants and uh, and saw what they did there, and I said, okay, I, I can't pick against them again. So next round I, I picked them in the second round. Even though they had those injuries on defense, and yeah, he battled through it and uh, and made his way there. He he actually uh, took the season series uh, three games to two over over Dustin uh, and the Aces. Um, but you're right. Um, I think Malcolm's got to do a lot of heavy lifting. But I I think he has it. In, I think this is where he's going to step it up. Like you said, he was injured for for a couple games, so he's only played seven games so far. But uh, I yeah. think. I think he's gonna he's gonna have to match uh, Stamkos um, in this, and and I think he's got it in them. I think that uh, that defense in Vegas is what is what sells me on them. Uh, like Weber as a shutdown guy, and yeah. uh, and let's see here. Yeah, Weber was doing a number on me um, up until the last game. I had not scored a single power play goal. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Weber and Petrie, it it's a nice, nice top pairing, right? Weber and Petrie, and then yeah. uh, Slavin and uh, and the Kaiser. But they, that, like you mentioned, those uh, those pickups of Edmondson and everything. He's got depth, even if he has defensemen go down. He has depth, and that's there are still a couple injuries. They're not in the top six for Philly, but they're still their seven and eight defensemen are still still out. And so one, yep. def- you know, one injury or two injuries, and all of a sudden they're playing. He's playing some guys that that um, really shouldn't be playing in the playoffs. But uh, yeah, so that depth on D is going to make a difference, I think, for Vegas. I have I have Vegas in seven actually in this series. So, and and they've played twice before in the playoffs. These two teams and they and they're tied. So they've each won a series there. So so it's close. And we both have a yeah. we both have a, a team in seven. You have Philly and I have Vegas. And so we'll see. This is this is going to be interesting. So yeah. funny enough, I actually have um, the aces in my smart detail okay. kind of prediction, <laughs> and I only and only swapped it because I I just felt like it's close. But uh, you know, I, I'm I'm going to root for the the aces. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's we're going with ants on this on this podcast. <laughs> or podcast. So so you're going to be happy either way. Either you got your either you got your pick. <laughs> Or um, or you keep Norm from another banner. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there, you, there we go. Okay, well we'll we'll slide on over to the uh, to the Canadian Conference, the true the true conference, the Canadian Hockey Canadian Conference, where we have the Nova Scotia Schooners and GM Eric Schneider up against the Vancouver Island Norseman and GM Matt McInnes. And you know Matt's actually. He's got some experience here in the conference finals. This is his fourth year in a row in the Canadian yep. conference finals. That's that's extremely impressive, I have to say. Um, going into this, uh, both teams through the season series, they, they tied uh, two games apiece each. Uh, Nova Scotia scored one more goal, but that one more goal that they scored was into an empty net, so about as even as you can get there. Um, I'm wondering if there's going to be a, some grudges to settle from... Uh, from the Nova Scotia standpoint, because three players in those four games were injured, and they were all Nova Scotia players. Kucherov, Griba, and Girardi all got injured in in, in those games, but um, they're of course back, except for Griba, but he's uh, he's injured from a from another injury actually. But um, so I th- one of the big keys in this series is going to be those injuries. Vancouver Island goes into the series with no injuries, and have you heard? Sid isn't injured. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you, you definitely tell if you look at the front page of the uh, 
Yeah, I guess it depends on when you refresh. That's right. So, so no injuries on the Vancouver Island side, and uh, Nova Scotia's going in like uh, Philly did in that second round series with just a decimated defense. It's a great defense, but half of them aren't there. You have Roman Yossi, yeah. who's injured. He has a chest and ribs injury. He should be back in, in a game or two, but uh, he's injured right now, can't play right now. Josh Morrissey, I don't know if he'll play him in game one. He's day-to-day, um, and I don't know if he wants to have him, if he wants to put him in there, because he's whenever he, wherever he puts him in there, he's going to have to eat, eat some minutes. And uh, you wouldn't want to see him go down right away then, right? You want to bring some guys back as they, as they come in, but at least have some uh, walking on at least one leg. And then uh, Tyson Berry uh, with a lacerated calf. He won't be back for a couple games. Uh, and then, so so now we even start talking about guys like Eric Griba. You shouldn't be talking about Eric Griba, but with all the injuries up in, in front of him, Eric Griba's out too. So uh, so that, that's going to be some trouble for Nova Scotia. When we start to match up uh, the lineups, when you look at the top three lines up front, um, I have to give the advantage to Nova Scotia. That second line having uh, Tavares and Hurdle and Arvidsson on it. Uh, Tavares and Hurdle on your second line. That's that's just sick, right? Um, the top player for all the forwards goes to Vancouver Island having Sidney Crosby. But uh, but the top three lines, I'd give the advantage to Nova Scotia. Looking at the top four defense, uh, again, you have the injuries there for Nova Scotia. So that in itself gives the would move the advantage to Vancouver Island. But even Vancouver Island, their second pairing is quite strong with uh, Josh Man- Josh Manson and Ryan Ellis uh, playing on the second pairing. So even without those injuries, um, I might give it to Vancouver Island on the top 4D, and, but with those injuries, definitely to Vancouver Island. Uh, depth forwards, so fourth line and down for the next couple of guys that might step in if, uh, if there's injuries. Uh, it's a complete wash. You have uh, on the Nova Scotia side, LeBlanc, uh, Paul Byron, Glenn Denning, Troy Brower, PRV, uh, and then on the uh, Vancouver Island side, guys like Zach Smith, Adrian Kemp, Kempe, uh, Bukestad, Justin Abdelkader, and, and Kashe. So that's like a complete wash there. Uh, and then a depth and defense, again, with those, with those injuries... Even if Josh Morrissey does start the first game, uh, you're going to have Schultz and uh, Alsner playing on their third pairing for Nova Scotia. Um, if not, you're going to look at probably Boschman coming in uh, and playing as well. Whereas, whereas um, in Vancouver Island, they've got they, some pickups that they made earlier in the year when when they're really struggling, like Derek Engeland um, to go with uh, Orpik, and even have Pellich to back them up. So, so I have to give the depth on D to advantage to Vancouver Island. Goalies is an absolute wash. You have Bobrovsky going up against uh, Matt Murray. And uh, that's a great matchup right there between those two. And depth at goaltending, again, a complete wash between these two teams. Um, Nielsen and Pascal in Vancouver Island. And you got McElhaney and Reimer um, for Nova Scotia. So a very, very close series that I think it's going to come down to that those uh, the injuries on defense with Nova Scotia, and I'm I'm calling Vancouver Island by games, four games to three. Okay. Um, I saw it about the same. I have the main two things to look at are the injuries for the schooners, mm-hmm. um, because they'll be starting at home, and all the Norsemen need to do is steal one of those two games when they have those injuries, and then and ride it out. And then they got home, uh, yeah. Yeah. So I've got uh, at the top end for D, I'm looking at who's performing. Mm-hmm. And we got Lindholm and Carlson both doing well. For goaltenders, as you said, it's pretty much a wash. They're both playing great. Murray, Bobrovsky, all the top forwards are, are doing well. But then, of course, there's one guy who sits above the rest. And Crosby's having a hell of a playoffs right now. And I think that's going to make a big difference when your top player, just like over on the other side, when you get Stamkos. Mm-hmm. Lighten it up. You got Crosby lighting it up over here. And yeah, ratings wise, maybe I would take the the schooners forwards and I'd say that they're probably better. But if you know your top few guys are all around that point per game and then you've got Crosby on top of that, 
I think that's what's going to push it over. So I think the Norsemen are going to steal one early and then close it out in six. Um, I think the uh, the schooners are, yeah, they're going to have a tough time in those first couple of games. Uh, Yossi, uh, Morrissey probably sitting out. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. It's up to, to Eric. Well, uh, maybe he doesn't want to risk putting in one of those lower end guys. Who knows? Uh, maybe he puts John Carlson on um, for over half the game, probably. Um, we'll see. But uh, yeah, I'm taking Norseman in six. Okay. Norseman in six. All right. So I have Norseman in seven. You have Norseman in six. Uh, these two teams have played in the playoffs before three times. And Vancouver Island has won all three series going into this one. Um, one more thing about this. Vancouver Island, about the 30-game mark or so, were tied with the lowly Banff Rockies. I mean, they were fighting <laughs> back and forth at about the 30-game mark. And, and uh, you know, he made some, made some moves or made a big move uh, and changed up that depth and defense. And uh, since then, that team's been extremely hot. And so this is the year that they faced adversity early. So this is the year I'm calling them to go. Well, I won't say it before the before the finals. They're going to win this series. All right. Um, I'm looking forward to two fantastic series here. Uh, I thought I thought uh, really when I looked at Vegas and I looked at Philly, those were two really underrated teams. I I, I never gave them the props I should have through the year and and into the playoffs and. So those are that's going to be a great series over there, and we know that this one's going to be a fantastic series in the Canadian Conference. And then we will see what two teams make those finals. But uh, yeah, all, yeah. All, all four teams are really strong right now. Um, I wouldn't say like it's really that big of a surprise that the the upsets happen oh, yeah. in the in the World Conference. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Kirk. Thank you so much. I really appreciate yeah. you coming on and, and sharing your thoughts on the World Conference. You have a you have a first hand view of those guys over there, and uh, and I think next year you'll have a bit more luck in the playoffs. <laughs> Hope so. All right, thank you. <laughs> All right, thanks so so much for coming on. Okay. All right. Thanks, Kirk, and best of luck to all four conference finalists. Now, my interview with Sean Gallagher, GM of the St. Louis Spartans. A living tank of bronze, leather, and human muscle. The Greek phalanx was a thing to be greatly feared, as the Persians would learn, and few were more formidable than those made up of Spartan men. Spartan society revolved entirely around their military might, and their adult life from ages 7 to 60 was devoted entirely to training and fighting. While not at war, Spartans spent every waking moment training and drilling, honing themselves for future battles. Gallagher. GM of the St. Louis Spartans. How are you, Sean? I'm good, man. I'm good. How about you? I'm doing excellent. Thank you very much. Uh, a lot of people are going to be really excited that you're on the show. Um, I I threw the I threw it out there to a couple people to see if they're if they have any questions. Going to start doing things a little bit differently here and uh, get some more uh, wide ranging questions from around the league and uh, and so. You might hear some other people's voices in the in some of these questions, but uh, yeah. but are you ready to go? I am. Yeah, I'm ready to hear all the setup questions. I know I know <laughs> what I'm being set up. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, we'll start off here. At, you're you're actually one of the original GMs of the SACHL. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Uh, okay. All the way back in '98. Uh, '98. Okay. So yeah, so I was I was way off. When I look back on the uh, on the records, I always saw twenty or sorry the two thousand, and Mike was Mike was saying twenty two years, and so yeah, ninety eight makes it yeah twenty two years. So but, yeah, it's actually, the league's a little bit younger than my oldest daughter. That's how I know. <laughs> like she, my daughter was like just a few months old, and um, and uh, and then I started this, and and both are still around. So how about that? Fantastic. <laughs> All right, so as an original SICHL GM, you've actually changed names a couple of times and even changed cities, going from the Chicago Cardinals to the Chicago Buccaneers and now the St. Louis Spartans. Uh, why the moves of name and location over the years? Yeah, well, so when I first applied to be in the league, um, I wanted to see I, I, my, the city that I picked was St. Louis, and there was already that had already been taken. So I couldn't, I couldn't get St. Louis. And that was actually uh, Matt Birch had that already. So um, 
I grew up near Chicago, so I figured that was a good second choice, so I went there. And oh. um, when that was when that all happened, I, I was living in Virginia at the time. And uh, after that, we moved to St. Louis. I'd never lived here before, but we moved here because my wife's from here. And um, and when I moved here, the we were still like the Chicago Cardinals, but. St. Louis Cardinals are huge here and, and and nobody ever shuts up talking about them. And I got so sick of the name Cardinals that I was like, this something's got to give here. So I, uh, I asked and they let me change the name of the, of the team. Um, I had originally named them the Chicago Cardinals because I had no, like no graphics um, skills whatsoever. So I found like an old Chicago Cardinals football team that I could steal their logo and have a logo for my team. So I kind of fell into it that way. And then I got sick of the name and wanted to change it. And they let me. And then, um, you know, a couple of years later, the St. Louis City was open in our league. And I asked if they'd let me move. So I'd, I'd been, the team had been in Chicago for 10 years. And they uh, they were nice enough to let me uh, move to St. Louis. And I changed the name at the same time. And it's been there the same time ever since. And uh, I am i can't prove it, but I'm pretty sure that's why there's rules in place now about moving your team and your name. Because they thought I was <laughs> like every couple of years or whatever but but no so okay so so you said the birch had that uh had the team in st louis originally yeah it was like the st louis roughnecks i believe and okay. then and then you know he i mean i think everybody knows he was pretty young when he joined the league and he was like he's being real stealthy about how old he was and and then he got to an age where he he just didn't have time to league and he he dropped out and the city oh, okay. came out and, and i jumped in and then he jumped back into the league and uh and i think he's still mad that i took st louis while he's gone <laughs> oh. well well this this next question comes from an anonymous uh member of the sathl any plan on relocating the franchise out of st louis anytime soon <laughs> right yeah no there's no chance i mean i mean okay i've already moved the team and i've already changed the name so maybe i shouldn't say no chance but <laughs> I, i i love the name now as it is i love the uh the jerseys that Mike made up and all that stuff. So I got, I got no plan. So somebody's looking to move here. Uh, it's too bad, buddy. <laughs> yeah, you're in. The, yeah, they shouldn't have moved out in the first place. All right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, uh, follow up. Is there any? Do you have any regrets for not having the franchise in the same location for the entirety of the league, being a being an original member of the league? Well, that's a it's a funny question because yeah, it, would, it probably would be cooler if I had the same. The same name had never changed anything, but I know um, if I hadn't, if I'd stayed the Chicago Cardinals, I'd be so sick of that name right now. <laughs> I, I, so I, I guess I don't, I guess I don't have regrets about it because I, it's, um, I don't like baseball. And so being in St. Louis and hearing about the Cardinals all year round, it would, it would have made me crazy at some point. So I was going to have to change sooner or later anyway. Okay. Okay. Well, it <laughs> makes sense. And, and I mean, you know, like it was the franchise is a franchise, right? So really yeah. the name at the end of the day but uh but that's that's great you live in st louis now is that correct i do yeah sure, okay. sure do. Yeah. and the regional team started in chicago so you kind of answered this a little bit earlier uh, any ties to the windy city you grew up close to yeah. chicago did you or i did yeah i was actually born in the city and then we moved out west and and i lived out there until i until i left for college and went to university of missouri so okay. um Chicago's like my sister still lives there so we'll go up there a couple times a year and stuff so I get up there every so often right on excellent uh you've had some pretty big roles with the SICHL over the years including being in charge of simming games for an entire season how was that it was pretty weird man like uh you know that was the year that Mark was going to be gone at sea which sounds made up but it was apparently <laughs> true and um you know I they reached out to me. I, at that point, I had a pretty, uh, pretty uh, steady routine, and I knew I was going to be available pretty much every night to run it. And you know, the league clearly at that point was already kind of elite because it had lasted so long and had such a good core group of people that I just was like, you know, I'll do it because I didn't want to. I didn't want to risk, you know any, any speed wobbles. I didn't want anything to happen that would, that would, you know, jeopardize the league. And I thought I'm here, I'm committed to this thing and I can do it. And, 
And uh, so I did it. I mean, I can't say that it was my favorite thing in the world to do. <laughs> I, I can't believe Mark's done it all this time. But uh, but yeah, yeah, I did it. It was interesting. I I I, uh, <laughs> I didn't really like it, but it, but I'm glad somebody else does. Well, I, I'm sure everyone in the league that was there at the time really appreciated that. And I appreciate that you kept it going because, uh, yeah, I only got I'm in really, myself yeah, to go. Glad. But, uh, yeah, sorry. I, I was going to say, I was really glad that Mark survived his year at sea and took it back over. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so sim hockey. What got you into sim hockey in the first place? Um, you know, I... Um, it was uh, part of a process for me just because I um, I was late coming to hockey. I didn't I didn't play as a kid and I didn't grow up with it as a sport. Um, it was um, in my twenties that I even got exposed to it. And and back then there wasn't there wasn't a real when I first got into it. Like you literally had to wait for the hockey news to show up to like try and get into you know find out what's going on and try and learn the sport better and the players and and all that stuff. And, um, then I found, I guess it was in that 98 range. I found HF boards and I, and it was a great way to kind of dive in and hear other people's opinions and, and get to know players and teams and, and fan bases a lot better for, and I, and, you know, someone who didn't grow up with it, it was, it was, it was really fascinating. And then I saw, you know, the sim leagues and I just thought, that's a really cool way to dive in even deeper and get to know these players and these teams and all that other stuff even better. So it was basically out of just more like thirst for knowledge about this sport that, that led me to do it. And the crazy thing is that this league is the first one, the first one that I ever applied to. And, uh, and I've been here ever since it's, I've been doing it for 22 years and I still don't know anything about how to do it. Right. But, uh, but it's been fun. Well, you're, I think you're doing it right. It's fantastic. <laughs> well, nice do, but I, I haven't won anything, so maybe I'm not. <laughs> uh, so you didn't say you said you didn't play any hockey growing up, but uh, have you have you tried playing? Or have you have you? Yeah. Up? yeah, yeah. You know, um, uh, yeah. So it's well, maybe it's not a funny story, but I'm going to tell it anyway. Um, I when I was at University of Missouri, I was I started dating a girl from St. Louis. And we came home to her house uh, one weekend and her grandfather was actually like a famous sports writer and broadcaster in St. Louis. And he had season tickets to the blues. And so she was like, let's get my grandpa's tickets. And we got the tickets and, and I'd never even seen a hockey game. I hadn't grown up with it in Chicago. We didn't play, we didn't pay attention, nothing. And um, I went to that one game and I was like, immediately hooked i was like pissed that my parents had never exposed <laughs> to the sport i was like how in the world and uh so i was immediately hooked and and um ended up moving to california probably a couple years after that and that's when i was able to kind of like started with roller hockey just got some skates and some sticks and tried to figure it out and then mm-hmm. played a little bit more when i was in virginia but that was all roller too there weren't any ice rinks out there and then when we moved to st louis in two thousand there there were more ice rinks here than roller rinks so i got into playing ice hockey then so i've been playing for a little over 20 years and you know old man huff and puff hockey and um and i coach too now i coached my my son all all through his hockey career and then um and i still coach with uh with a local high school team i coach their their b team which is all like freshmen sophomores so fantastic right on and i love it wonderful all right, so uh, a lot of us uh, in this league are Canadian, and obviously hockey is the most popular sport in, in the country. Uh, how big is it in St. Louis, and have you noticed a change at all since the Blues won the won the cup? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, um, it is big here. There's a big, big fan base of Blues fans. It'll never touch the baseball and all that stuff, but but it is really big, and it's super, super passionate. Um, people that you know they've they've been fans their whole lives and their parents before them and whatever and it's just generations deep and just as hardcore you know the good and bad of that (laughs) that goes with any fan base you know but yeah super passionate very large and and um you know it was it was uh 
I think the fan base got a little bit of a bump, got a little bit bigger when the Rams left town because there were a lot of people like, I mean, famously on, on Twitter that Tony X guys from St. Louis and, and he was a huge Rams fan and stumbled onto hockey after the Rams left and, and has now become a big blues fan too. So there are a lot of people that came to it that way. Um, but I think the coolest thing was when they went on that run last year, like people that were sort of casual fans or people that weren't, were big hockey fans. They were super into it. Like I had a buddy of mine who was like, he's not a big hockey fan. He was like, I was losing sleep before those games, after those games. He's like, I can't imagine what you were going through. You know, <laughs> so like even the casual people were losing their minds. And one of the coolest ones that I saw was like all the little kids in my neighborhood. You know, they all they're all playing baseball and basketball and football and riding their bikes around. And last year, all of a sudden they were all playing hockey in the street. And it was it was really cool to see because it was like, uh, you know, like makeshift goals that they had built out of wood. And like some kid had a hockey stick that he built out of some sort of like tubes, you know, <laughs> like it, was, <laughs> it was just really funny. Anything they could do, you know, they're wearing bike helmets and gardening gloves and running around, slapping a ball around, you know. And, and yes. I thought that was really cool. I, I haven't seen the numbers. I would assume that youth hockey got bigger numbers after that. But um, but to me, that was really cool to see a bunch of little kids out there trying to trying to learn more about the game and get into it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I, I, I know that uh, when uh, Al McInnes was there and a couple other guys, their kids were in uh, minor hockey and then they started coaching them. And so I know that there's a number of St. Louis kids that yep. uh, are now playing in the NHL, right? Like uh, yeah. Keller is one of those guys that was with that group, I think, with Ryan McInnes and, and some of the other guys, right? Yeah, so Keller was in that group. They got they were coached by um, Jeff Brown, and it's so it's okay. like Logan Brown and yep. um, Luke Cunning, and um, that was Matthew Kachuk and Keller right. and Trent Frederick, and all those kids were all like, it's a crazy. I'm sure you've seen it. There's a crazy picture of them like as nine year olds all on the yep. same team. Which I mean, that okay. nine year old team probably would have destroyed <laughs> the Huff and Puff team that I'm on now. You know, like they would have killed us. But um, yeah, you know, the Blues alumni is really strong here, and it's it's a, it's a cool place. A lot of guys, even the Canadian guys who come here, they end up settling down here because it's kind of the perfect balance and the size of city and that it's a big city. You can get whatever you want in terms of a big city, but it's also small enough and it's Midwestern enough that people leave those guys alone. Like, they don't get, they don't get harassed when they're out to dinner with a bunch of people coming up and, you know, asking them about, what's going on with the team or asking for autographs or bugging them. Like they can kind of live that like, you know, this is a dated yeah. reference, but I've seen like those guys in like, in like the blockbuster renting a movie and nobody, nobody's even talking to them. Everyone knows who it is, but everyone's yeah. leaving them alone. So oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of them settled here. And, and so that really, that's when you started to see a big jump in kids from St. Louis starting to make, make it to college teams and make it to, you know, playing, um, ushl and you know even some kids making the nhl now you know and um that's 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 not something that we saw probably even 20 years ago right yeah absolutely well that's that's excellent i love seeing the game growing everywhere and uh i i heard that there was an explosion in st louis with it with it so that's fantastic um A number of a number of questions came from our GMs about your military background. Um, I'd like to know: Do you feel it has given you any extra patience when the sim gets fickle, or if you're trying to trade with someone? Um, does it that, that's a great question. That's uh, I don't know. That que- that question is really funny to me. It's just like uh, um, no. The answer is no. It didn't okay. do anything for me as far as this league goes. Like. I mean, I wish I could order people around and make them do stuff for me and give me like, Ian, you have to give me one of your first round picks, please. Thank you. But, uh, you know, no, not really. I mean, I don't think there's any skills there that translated over to dealing with a bunch of insane people like we do in this league. <laughs> okay. All right. Um. <laughs> I wish you did. I wish I, I wish I could say, oh, yeah, that's. It's definitely helped me with this, that, the other, but I don't, I don't think it has at all. <laughs> well, if, if it did, you could you could you could say it did, and then you could start charging people for uh, advice and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> right? Hey, maybe you're onto something there. I, I ch- can I change my answer? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So you have 
you have a, a number of players heading into free agents into unrestricted free agency this summer, mm-hmm. like Zuccarello, Kopitar, Chara, Charmelson, and Anderson. Um, some questions from GM GMs. Uh, any idea who you might be franchising this summer? Yeah, everybody wants to get a jump on who's going to be available, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I see how this works. Yeah. <laughs> um, nah, you know, it's for me like the, most of those guys you mentioned aren't even, you know, I, I knew. I knew going past the deadline with them that I wasn't even going to, I wasn't even going to consider bringing them back. And basically it comes down to two, like it's either going to be um, Anderson or it's going to be um, Kopitar. And really it comes down to, um, you know, once re-rates come out and we kind of yeah. get to that point of the season and, you know, people start trading and looking around again, if I could find a way to pick up a goalie, I'd probably keep Kopitar and let Anderson go to free agency because frankly, like, I've had, I've had a lot of guys that I put on my team that underperform and, and I end up hanging on to them for way too long. But Kopitar is kind of the opposite of that. He's been on the team for two years and he's got 189 points. Like <laughs> I, I feel like I'd be crazy to let that guy go if I could avoid it, you know? Yeah. So part of me wants to keep that, but, but again, it's, it all depends on, can you make a trade that, that makes sense? Cause you don't want to go into free agency feeling like you've got to get a guy. Cause that's how you end up overpaying for somebody and regretting it. But, um, but if it doesn't work out that way and, and I end up keeping Anderson and Kopitar goes, that's, that's what it comes down to. But really right now where, where I'm looking at, it's going to be one of those two guys, depending on what does or doesn't happen when it comes to trade. So there's your, there's your big uh, nugget for everybody that's perfect trying to figure out what their boxers <laughs> are going to look like in the summer. Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to move one of the questions up here cause it kind of goes along with that. We had a certain GM ask, uh, why wouldn't you ever trade him, Freddie Anderson? I guess obviously a big Freddie yeah. Anderson fan, and he probably made some pitches to you, I'm guessing. But that, uh, <laughs> I do not understand this question. I don't know who that is. <laughs> okay, maybe no, no big pitches on Freddie Anderson. Maybe the maybe people I, need to offer a bit more. There you go. Listen, I guess maybe it's a little bit of a slam if somebody made what they thought was a big pitch, and I don't even remember. <laughs> but. Uh, but I don't remember getting any serious inquiries on him. I don't. I okay. I thought everyone in this league hated him, and that's why I had him for so long. I, I okay. thought, all I ever hear is people bash him. So I'm <laughs> I'm surprised to hear somebody say that they want him. I, I if someone had made a, a really compelling pitch, I would have been. I mean, I'm open to listen to anything. So right. um, I would have done that. I, I, I don't know. I'm kind of baffled by that question. I'd love to know who that is. Yeah. Okay, well, maybe that uh, GM. Who knows if you're if you are keeping Kopitar, then that guy will have a a chance yeah. out of him free agency then this summer. You never know, right? Exactly. <laughs> never know. Yeah. If the CHL did a complete restart, if we went complete reboot, and you had the number one overall pick, who yeah. would you start your franchise with? Um. So. And I, I'm probably jumping the gun. I think you got a question later about like, you know players that you want to have on your team and right in in um and we can address that later but really you know i i find that a lot of times the guys that i get on my team are guys that i don't know a ton about they're i don't tend to get guys that are my favorite players i tend to get guys and then it gives me a reason to watch that team and watch that player and mm-hmm. so it becomes kind of a twofold thing it's someone that i want to do well on my team but i also it opens me up to staying up late to watch a game that I probably wouldn't have watched otherwise, except now I got a guy on that team. And <laughs> so for two reasons, one, because he's super dominant and, and a young player and all that. And also it would give me a reason to watch those games more than I do now. For me, it would have to be Connor McDavid. I mean, that's a guy that I'd, I'd love to have, you know, start a team with that guy and try and build around him and, and just know that you've got a player who's always going to be good. You know, you don't have to worry about his re-rates year in and year out. He's always going to be good. And it would give me a reason to watch that Edmonton team of yours a little bit more. So I guess that's not really your team, but that's where you are. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> I, I'm lucky enough to see them uh, at least once a year. I get uh, Mike's pretty nice, and I, uh, I'm able to <laughs> gra- uh, grab a game with him once a year. So. Well, uh, let me ask. I'm going to turn the tables on you. So when you go, sure. with Mike, do you uh, do you put on your Flames jersey and see if you can start any fights or what? <laughs> that's a funny question. I got a. Last last Christmas, two Christmases ago, uh, my father-in-law um, had picked up a jersey from for me the year before, but forgot to give it to me. He picked up this jersey at a, at an auction, and it was a and it was a Alex Chase on jersey, a Calgary Flames Alex Chase on jersey signed. 
and uh, <laughs> and it's like it's a fan, like it's fantastic. It was so nice of him, right, uh, to get this. Yeah. But of course, at the, when he gives it to me a year later, Chason is no longer in Calgary. He's in Edmonton. So <laughs> I thought that would be perfect to wear to an Oilers game. But they have this thing in this. They have this thing at Oilers game where. Um, like uh, we have a lost, uh, we have a lost fan, lost fan, and it goes over the jumbotron. And it's always somebody wearing a a jersey of a team that's not yeah. playing that night, right? Sure, sure, that's fine. And so I don't want to be that guy in the on on the uh, on the screen going, you know, <laughs> who's this moron <laughs> right. who's wearing a Flames jersey to an Oilers yeah. uh, Oilers Habs game or something, right? Right. So, uh, but I, but uh, I mean, if it happened, I'd just turn around and show the back and just, you know, yeah, show, right. chase turn on. Right? People, people got to respect that, right? Yeah. <laughs> but no, I have not worn my Flames jersey to a to a um, Oilers versus any other team game. If it was Calgary Edmonton, absolutely, I'd be wearing that. Would you really? Yeah, Mike. Mike has uh, Mike has asked me to uh, to wear an Oilers jersey to the games before. I'm absolutely not. I will not. <laughs> There's no chance. He doesn't want to get his uh, tickets revoked. Yeah, you're gonna get him in trouble with management. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, okay, going uh, moving on from that uh, that restart pick. Then uh, is there a player that you've always wanted? It doesn't have to be right now. It could have been all the way through the years of the league and stuff that you're like, oh, I I, I really want this guy on my team, and you made and you actually made some major pitches for him. Uh, anybody okay. like that? It, you know, this is funny. I had to really think about this one because I really don't do it anymore because I think um, I think I'm a little too transparent. I think people know, like, if I if I come calling it for a guy who plays for the Blues, they just turn <laughs> screws on me. You know, like I'm just never going to get that guy unless I give up, you know, everything yep. and send a check, you know. So yep. um, so I, I've just like given up on like guys that I really that I really like trying to acquire them. And, and like I said, too, like. I kind of like to use the people on my roster to give me a reason to watch other teams. And, you know, you know, I have the NHL package and I'll watch, I'll watch all kinds of games based on, <laughs> based on who's on my SICHL roster, which is weird. But, um, so I had to think back and I think the last time, and this is such a weird one, it goes way back to the very start. And at the very start of the league, I absolutely had to have Eric Daze on my team. And I don't remember why, but I was convinced that guy was going to be the real deal forever. You know, I thought that guy's a future Hall of Famer. I got to have him. And um, and uh, Marty, who had the Hartford Dragons back then, um, had him. And um, I mean, he, he took pity on me. He could have destroyed my franchise right out of the gate because I was going <laughs> everything for him. And he was like, you're being crazy. You need to calm down a little bit. And like, didn't trade him to me for some ridiculous offer. And I did eventually get him. Um, but he had to, he had to, you know, go through a third party. He had to get traded somewhere else. And I picked him up that way. And of course, like everyone that I've ever really truly wanted on my team, he completely underperformed and I gave him away for pennies on the dollar, like two years later. <laughs> so it's worked out great. Eric Daze, really big guy, like what are you, six foot five, and man, he yeah. could score. Like his in junior, he scored so many goals in junior. That guy, but uh, uh, well, I can see why you wanted him. Like absolutely, he never really turned into that the player that he could have. I thought, but uh, he was a uh, he was a good player. Well, in the face of plenty of evidence, because he was, it was not like his rookie year. Like he'd been in the league a couple of years. There's plenty mm -hmm. of evidence that he was not going to be a Hall of Famer. But there I was, like begging for him. So that was crazy. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> do you have a biggest rival in the league? I don't. Would you say? You know, I I don't. I um, and, and I look at this a, a couple different ways. Um, one like, you know, do you have someone out there that you're just like, oh, I gotta beat that guy. You know, <laughs> like I really gotta beat that team. Yeah. And I really don't have anyone like that. And to turn it around, I'm sure there's guys out there. I made reference to it, this not that long ago. Like, I, I I'm guarantee you I've pissed off plenty of people in this league, but but I've like completely forgotten who and why. <laughs> and so like I'm sure there are dudes out there that have like some crazy grudge against me and just want to <laughs> beat me every time they play me. And meanwhile I'm like, you know, I'm like a puppy. I'm like, oh, we're all friends, you know. Like I don't even think <laughs> about it. Um, so I don't have anyone like that that I'm like, oh, I just do not like that guy and or you know. 
he screwed me over a couple of years ago and I'm going to be mad about it and I need to be the team. Like, I just don't, I just don't have anything like that. Um, in terms of like the league in year in, year out, I, I think that I, I, I find myself looking at the teams that are closest to, to mine and in terms yeah. of ability and like wanting to be able to, to beat this team. Like I know, like, okay, if my team's doing well, like I'm looking at the other teams that are doing well. And I really like, I really want to beat those guys. Um, you know, and, and because it's, it's all about competition, right? We're all trying to get that top seed, which, you know, it's just so hard. You know, I, I mean, I think I probably one I should have, um, because it's, you know, both teams are based in Missouri is Kansas city crunch. And, and, uh, you know, it's kind of impossible though. Cause like, like in 22 years, I think my team's been better than Kirk's like twice, you know? So, <laughs> um, it's not really a rivalry when he's constantly just, flicking me away like a, like a fly you know so it's not really a rivalry because there's not a give and take he's just always better than me so you know i i don't really i don't think i really have anyone like that i was all well, i was wondering if there was going to be the missouri connection there for sure yeah, uh there and, should be but and the other the other thing i was thinking of was the exact same thing like uh who's that team that's you're closest to all the time right or constantly like in a battle in the standings with that kind of thing right so but yeah Okay. Yeah. Um, who's okay? So then, in your organization now, is there a mm-hmm. player that you're most excited about? They don't have to be the top player in the organization, but somebody that you're just really excited about. They may be up up and coming. They may be just a guy that you're like think he's gonna outperform um, what the pundits <laughs> think or anything like that. Yeah, you know, I mean, honestly, I I end up having to go farther, like guys that are farther and farther away because. I, there, there are guys that I, um, there's a lot of guys that I've drafted like in the last three or four years that I'm really excited about, but literally like they get to the league and they play a little bit and I'm like, Oh, well, he's basically a second liner. So good job. You know, like <laughs> I do, I have anybody that I'm like, I have to like go deeper guys that are still a year or two away. I'm like, no, no, that guy's still got a high ceiling, you know? <laughs> Cause I'm like, I'm convinced that everyone I think is going to be a superstar ends up being a second liner. So, um, you know, I, I, I do find myself just combing um, for information on the guys that are still in the, you know, like playing college hockey. Like I'm really excited about um, like these kind of under the radar guys that I got like in fourth round and stuff like that, like that Jack Rathbone guy and like, you know, players like that. I I get excited about, about, you know, what's that kid going to look like when he actually gets to the league, you know, I mean, me personally being able to draft uh, Clayton Keller, who's, a St. Louis kid and is it made the NHL very quickly and is a great player, but not a star by any means, you know, he's still, but he's still really young. Like I haven't given up on him. I'm, I'm still hoping that he becomes what I thought he was going to be when I drafted him. But you know, <laughs> every year you're like, your hopes start to settle a little bit on guys who've been in the league and, just, and you keep looking deeper into your drafts. You're like, I don't know this seventh rounder from 2016. He's, he's tearing up Russia. He could be something big. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. That's, so I don't think there's anybody that I'm particularly like, oh, I that's a steal of the draft and I got him in the fourth round. But there's a lot of guys that I have that are like I, when I look at my prospect list that I think are intriguing. Right. Right. Well, I, I definitely thought Clayton Keller would be one of those guys. Absolutely. Being a St. Louis kid and everything. And, yeah. and yeah, he's he's got a bright future ahead of him. Still, he's already a great player, but he's, he's I think he's got lots more to give still. I yeah. think you were. I heard you were the uh, the original C- SICHL grinder. I heard a rumor like that. Uh, yeah. If that's true, how does it make you feel that someone has taken it on, taken that on again? Yeah, so th- I, I like this question. This is funny because I, I was the grinder back. This would have been, God, probably near the start of the league, probably 20 some odd years ago. But right. and, and back then what I was doing was um, I was doing an article for the for the website and I, I, can't, I forget how often I was doing it. it was once a week or once every two weeks. And it was like, it was kind of like this big, you know, the, the insider kind of does that now. It's kind of like rumor mongering stuff. People could send me, I had like a, an anonymous email. They could send, send me tips and whether it was about them or someone else or whatever. And then some stuff I would just straight up make up and some stuff I would like, I'd look at someone's team and be like, why isn't that guy trading for, clearly he needs a better left winger on his top line. What's he doing? And so I would kind of do that article and it took a ton of time and a lot of research. And 
And uh, when I finally gave that up, um, you know, people would ask me from time to time to bring it back. And it came up actually about a year ago. There was a, like an email chain with some of the guys like from that original six group. And, and they were all like, you should do that again. And I was like, I, I don't have the time to do that again. Like I already, I already spend way too much time on this league anyway. <laughs> but, uh, but there was no way I was going to be able to do that. The kind of research that I did to try and make that a useful and entertaining article. I was like, there's just no way. And I, and I actually threw it out to the group. I was like, if somebody wants to do it, do it. But you know, I, I just, I don't have time for it. And so, um, I think it's great, man. I, I, I maybe, maybe not everyone thinks it's funny, but I think it's funny. So, I think it's classic. It's, so yeah. I like, it. um, you know, and, and more power to them. I mean, I, I, I love the give and take there. I think it's fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. I have, a, I have a blast when I, when I read those, I'm, I'm laughing every time. So, so I'm, <laughs> I'm super happy it's happening. And, uh, and you know, every little, every little thing that's uh that's different in this league just adds to it right so, so right. I well, and i love the fact that ever like i get people all the time they're like that's you i know it's you and i'm like it's <laughs> not you know i'm like i just no it's not me and then um like i was uh i don't know like dming with don and he was like everyone keeps saying it's me and i was like it is you and he's like it's not me <laughs> so, it's just funny fantastic so um at the summit, you were one of our long-distance GMs. Like you came from a long ways. Uh, had you met anyone from the league before that? No, not even one person. Not anybody. Oh. Like I'd only spoken to Mark that one time when he was teaching me how to run the league. You know, run the <laughs> use the files and run the games. You know, so um, I hadn't met anybody until I got on the plane and met Matt, and then you know went from there. <laughs> And how was that? So you you meet Matt on the plane. Uh, yeah. You guys just start talking. Were you guys seated beside each other the whole way? We were, which is so funny. Uh, I I think it was Mike. Somebody somebody at the summit was like, "You are insane," because <laughs> we took. I mean, we flew from St. Louis to like. I may get this wrong, but I think we flew to New York City, yeah. and then from there to Toronto, and then Toronto <laughs> to Edmonton. So. We were on side for like the whole day, and somebody was like, "You're crazy! What if like five like... minutes in, like if you realize five minutes in, this guy's gonna make you crazy? You're gonna there's gonna be a problem, you know? Like, yeah. and, and vice versa. If I sat down and and Matt was like, "Oh no, you know, like we had a real problem," but it worked out. Twelve hours of flights together, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Each customers. way, yeah, exactly. But, but honestly, it was just like everybody else, too. You know, like once we landed and, and started running into people and the group got bigger and bigger, it was like it's such a good group of guys and everybody's getting along and everybody's got this common bond. And right. it, I mean, it was I mean, you were there. It was great. Yeah. And it was it's great to get to meet all those people. And and uh, I, I just couldn't believe the thing had been put together in the first place. And I couldn't believe how fun it was and how well everyone got along. And it was just I mean, just I, I mean. It was surprising, but maybe it shouldn't have been. I mean, they kept this league together for as many years as they have. We better get along. Yeah. Yeah. And, and same experience for myself. And for myself, that was I, I had just like literally just joined the league um, <laughs> earlier that month. Right. We had that dispersal draft earlier that month in that month of August. Yeah. And then uh, and then boom, and there's the summit and the people were just incredible. Uh, yeah. Mike put Mike put together just an awesome experience with all of all the things that he that he had us doing and and the places we were going but but it was the but it really was the people that just made it incredible yeah well, uh, I'll, I'll tell you this uh, i'm gonna turn it around on you again like that first night you were driving us somewhere and um you were in the middle of like a football draft yeah an auction <laughs> draft and so matt's sitting in the front seat and, and he's like i'll just tell you what comes up and so you're like telling him who to draft and I was sitting in the back seat, just listening to you. I was like, "Man, this guy's gonna be trouble." I was like, "This guy is gonna be trouble. He's gonna be good at this. It sucks. Like, if we bring in new GMs, they should suck and have to learn things the hard way." Like, I was like, "Oh, dude, this guy's gonna be a problem. He's gonna be good at this." So, at least here in the other conference, I got that going for me. Yeah. Uh, so. I wasn't going to ask it before, but bringing up football and do you, do you play any other fantasy sports then like uh fantasy hockey then or fantasy football or anything like that? 
you know i don't i don't do any of that stuff like i i mean i don't I don't like baseball. I'm, I'm not, I mean, I'll watch football, but I don't really do fantasy football and I don't really do um, any, I don't even do fantasy hockey. Like sim hockey to me is just way more fun. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's, I like the idea of, you know, just the immersion that we have where you're running your own franchise and all that stuff. I just don't want to like the, the, uh, you know, completely scrapping your team every year or you get to keep a couple guys and redraft everyone every year. Like I, that's just not, that doesn't appeal to me as much. So I, I really just don't do any of that other stuff. Okay. I don't have time after this league. Oh, my God. Yeah. Time. <laughs> Going back to the flight. Uh, one of our DMs asked, how close were you to missing your flight? <laughs> okay. So this is a setup. This has got to be Burge <laughs> asking that. But that is a setup. And he it's not as bad as he makes it sound. Okay? Like, I should let this story sound like I was running through the airport to make this flight, but it was not that bad. He was panicking a little bit. <laughs> I got on the flight. I might have been the last one on the plane, but I, it was, there was plenty of time. That may not have been Birch that actually asked that question. Just, just <laughs> oh my god, hilarious. But the story might have the story might have gone around at the summit. I think, but yeah. I think the story is growing. Yeah. Well, I, I should just let it grow. I should just oh, let yeah. It be like, yeah, sprinting through the sprinting through the terminal to make it. It'll be a thousand pound fish by the end of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you were roommates with Birch at the uh, uh-huh. at the summit. Does he snore? No, but so uh, and again here, I, I think that guy is. I think that guy's sandbagging me with questions. So I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna tune him here a little bit. And now I could be wrong. Maybe he does snore. But you know, you Canadians up there, there were only two Americans, and you got us overserved every night I was up there. So I, I blame you guys for this. But so maybe I just slept through it, slept in quotation marks. But um, you know, one thing he may not snore, but one thing he doesn't do is shut up. He is he talks and talks and talks, man. There's no peace in that room. No peace. <laughs> It's 5 a.m. We have a draft in three hours. Like, oh my God, what's he even talking about over there? <laughs> okay, so your team, the Spartans, were actually the first team in the league to retire a jersey, and mm-hmm. that that jersey was Matt Walker. <laughs> That's right. Is Big there a story behind this? I gotta Big. know if there's a story behind this. Okay, so. This is in, you know, if you go back and look, and I don't, I, I don't even know how far back in the archives you have to go to find this thing, but I wrote a story when we retired that jersey, and the story obviously is written from the perspective of, you know, the GM of the Spartans, but a lot of what's in that story is similar to what happened uh, with me personally, and, and really the story comes from um, training camp, Blues training camp when my son, uh, who's 19 now, was like a toddler. He was really, really, really little. And we went to training camp. And back then, the the place where they practiced, the steps up to the stands basically were the same height as the dasher. So as a little guy, he was standing up next to the glass. And because of the difference in the heights, he was basically head height with all the players. And these guys were all lining up to do their drills and and a young Matt Walker, who probably should have been focused on his drills, tried to make the team, instead, like, started messing with my kid through the glass. Like, he's tapping the glass with a stick and making faces at him and, you know, bumping the boards and making him shake. And and um, and then, you know, skated off, did his drills, whatever. And my son was immediately, like, taken with the guy. He's like, who is that? And I was like, I don't even know. You know, like, I had to look him <laughs> up and, and it was it was Matt Walker, and so we followed that guy's career, you know, his storied NHL career. <laughs> we followed it very closely, and he was in St. Louis a lot. And um, he was just a guy that that um, I mean, I don't I don't know that guy. We never met him any more than that, but it was a guy that I just I liked. And then because he was cool to my kid, yeah, we watched him, and we were in. You know, we grew respect for his game. You know, he was what he was. He was a seventh defenseman. But when he was out there, he, you know, he did everything that he could to help his team win and tried not to make that brutal mistake that got him scored on. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think there's I think there's great lessons in, in, a, in a player like that. And so um, he's just a dude that we we really liked and kind of bonded over. So, you know, we've done weird things like he played for four NHL teams. I have a signed puck from three of them. 
So I've got it. Believe it or not, there are signed pucks of Matt Walker from the Blues, <laughs> the Blackhawks, the Lightning, and there may not be one in existence from the Flyers. So if anybody sees one of Matt Walker signed uh, Flyers puck, I'm, I'll pay top dollar for it. I got to complete the <laughs> Well, that is a fantastic story. I love it. That's great. And, and that's the content that our uh, listeners are here for. I know that. <laughs> Everybody wants to hear a five minute story about Matt Walker. <laughs> <laughs> so going back to the summit. You had lots of cool Spartan swag. Uh, like every day there was a new Spartans, uh, whatever it be, T-shirt or something was, was coming out. Uh, I've heard these have all been shelved since. Uh, is there any truth to this? And it's so why? And I, uh, yeah, so someone else is tubing me on this one too. So uh, <laughs> basically the story there is that, you know, uh, like I, I was saying earlier, you know, I, I, uh, I play hockey and I coach at this this high school here in town there, the B team and, and that school, um, their, their mascot is the junior Billikens. And one of their big rivals is the DeSmet Spartans. And (laughs) so I can't wear this stuff out of the house. Like, because I guarantee I will see someone related (laughs) to the team and they're going to be like, what are you doing? (laughs) I can't be seen wearing the other team's, gear so i uh i can't uh i gotta wear that stuff if i know i'm not leaving the house or on draft day that's about it i can wear it on okay. draft yeah well <laughs> so, another summit in a couple of years i'll wear it then yeah i was gonna say that uh, all the summits we'll see it in all the summits unless <laughs> there's a summit in st louis um and I'm, then i know i don't know what you're gonna do it yeah that's a good <laughs> point i hadn't even thought about that holy cow <laughs> so so many things going on in an SACHL year. What's your favorite part of the year? I, this is a really hard one to answer, man. It, it really is because um, I, I, uh, I don't know, maybe it says something about me, but like the second, the second one of these like sort of signature events is, is done. I immediately throw myself into the next one, you know, like I, I, um, well, you can look at my draft history over the years and you can tell I didn't pay a lot of attention to the draft for a very long time. But um, knowing that we were going to have an in-person draft, I started really working hard at putting together a good list the year before that. And so that was like 2016. And ever since then, I spent a lot of time working on my draft list. And and that's become a lot of fun for me. I really like doing that. And, you know, living and dying by the picks that you get are the ones that get sniped from you and all that stuff. Um, so I really like that, but like the second that's over, I'm like, let's get the season going. Like I noticed I didn't say anything about free agency. That's not, that's far from my favorite part. <laughs> I also didn't say preseason cause nobody likes preseason, but, um, like even the, like, I like even when the regular season gets going and those like first five games, you have so much, like you put too much weight on those first five games, you know, you yeah. go, go like one and four, you're like, it's over, it's over, the <laughs> mess, <laughs> you know, so. I mean, I just like having that when I get home at the end of the day, I'm like, oh, I got games to check out, you know, or, or conversely, like if you don't have a game for like three days, you're like, what am I going to do for three days? Like, how <laughs> am I going to get time, you know? So, yeah. um, and then, you know, the trade deadline is always a blast and the, the right. weeks leading up to that. And, you know, our league does a good job with the Twitter feeds done a really good job of like spreading rumors and lies yep. and all that other stuff leading up to the deadline <laughs> day. So that's a blast. And, I mean, I would say the playoffs too, but I mean, playoffs were less than a week for me, so I don't, I don't know if that's my favorite anymore. It's, it's really hard. I mean, it's, yeah. I, I think we do such a good job, and everyone's so committed to this thing that that those signature things become like you spend a lot of time working on all of those things because everybody else is, and if you're not, you're kind of wasting your time here. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then there's, and then there's re-rates. You know, where like when when the re-rates start happening, like people are on there. I'm surprised the site doesn't crash when re-rates start coming up, right? Like, I think my favorite part is when people start. Um, people start. There's chatter about. Did you see this group of re-rates? Did you see that group of re-rates? You know, they're looking on the website to see, like, looking on like the Simon T website to see who's releasing things. You're like, hope we don't use those. Hope we don't use that. Like, I love that people. Are, anticipate that so much and then yeah 
the only thing funnier than that is the is the outrage when when people see how their guys get raided. You know, <laughs> that, I I'm, I mean, that's a that's a pretty fun day too. There's yeah. I, I mean you can set your clock by. All right, re-rates are out. It's less than 15 minutes. Someone has started a post on the message board about how bad the re-rates are. So that's great. <laughs> Absolutely. And then, and then of course, there's always Don throwing out the uh, throwing out the re-rates are up. Or and then of course you go in there's <laughs> right. nothing. Like, yeah. <laughs> see, and I told him that's why people think he's the grinder. <laughs> he's a troublemaker, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I golfed with him this summer. It was fantastic. Really I mean, I him at the, at the right. um. Uh, at the summit, of course, and knew what a great guy he was, but that uh, was just so much fun. I went out, uh, I, I go out in the summer pretty close to where he lives, and and so just you know drove down to play a game of golf with him. So much fun! So, how good is oh, he? He's a good golfer, yeah, absolutely. We had a great game. We actually we put some SICHL bucks on the line and okay, we put a seventh round draft pick on the line for the game, and uh, and on the 18th hole, I was down by one. On the 18th hole, I made I made like a like a 12 footer and i'm like okay i've got uh, I've, I've tied him up i'm not gonna have to give up a seventh rounder and then he steps up with a 10 footer and makes that and uh and he's oh. like thank you <laughs> so, <laughs> that's yeah. great yeah that's he's, great. A, he's a good golfer and a great guy so, yeah for sure yeah <laughs> i knew he was gonna be a good golfer by the way he's out there way too much to not be oh absolutely yeah, he gets those extra month or two than we do in uh, in Edmonton from like that that weather they get. So yeah, <laughs> Sean, this has been an absolute blast. I know that people are going to be like, super excited to find out that you were on the uh, you're on the podcast here, so uh, or the podcast, I should say. Yeah. But thank you so much. Um, really appreciate it. Dude, thank you. I mean, honestly, I'm looking at the clock now, and and that uh, I hope. I hope these. I hope you edit this so these poor people don't have to listen to me for this so long. But, but, uh, but really seriously, thank you. This is such a cool thing, man. And, um, you know, I kind of said to you before when we first got on, like, I don't listen to podcasts, but I listen to this one. And, uh, you know, it, you know, I, you do a great job with it, and it just brings another level to this thing. And again, you kind of highlight just how much people love it and how much time people are giving to it. And you know, I, I've told friends about this thing and they're like, wow, how much money can you win at the end of the year? I'm like, zero. And they're like, what <laughs> is wrong with you? Like, people think I'm insane. So it's nice to know that there's a bunch of other insane people that are hanging out with me doing the same thing. So, but thanks, man. It, it's, it's, thanks for having me on and thanks for doing this. It's really cool. Well, I appreciate having you on. Thank you so much. Have yourself a great day. You too, buddy. All right. Talk to you later. Thanks. All right. Bye. And that'll do it for this episode. Once again, thanks again to Kirk McRae, GM of the Kansas City Crunch, and Sean Gallagher, GM of the St. Louis Spartans. Best of luck to those four teams left in the conference finals. See you next time.